0: there we go now it's working what's going on everyone it is thursday may 20th and welcome to another episode of the volleyball source podcast my name is everett delorme today i'm joined by christoph Elek, and we are going to be previewing the women's national team for the 2021 volleyball nations league that gets kicked off in just five days on the 25th uh chris you spent some time with the women's national team at the uh, Olympic qualifiers back in 2020 in Puerto Rico, so you know them intimately. You were their data volley specialist, so I'm very excited to have you on. Welcome. Um oh. Of course, another member of the Volleyball Source Discord. So just going to give a quick shout out to the Discord right now. If you're not already a part of it, just look in the show notes, head over to our website, message us on Instagram, and come join us on the Discord because we've got a really great community of not only Canadian volleyball fans, but literally volleyball fans from around the world. Um, but, you know, obviously I could talk about the Discord all day long, but we are here to talk about the women's national team and what's a massively exciting time. I don't I don't know if there's ever been a time that I was more excited for women's volleyball in Canada than right now. It's it there's so much going on. Um their first ever Volleyball Nations League. They qualified through the Challenger Cup all the way back in 2019, of course COVID-19 stopping the entire world and now they are going to be competing with the world's best this year uh, in VNL. Chris how, how do you feel about that?
1: I'm I'm excited. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me uh, in that show, uh, Everett. It's been a long time, and uh, I'm also I'm also sharing that passion that that you just said. I think. I think that team will do great things. Um, I I think it's it's volleyball is back. International volleyball is back, and I'm just excited just for that. But on top of that, we have a team, a Canadian national team that can do some stuff uh, that is competing against some of the best teams, the, the Brazil and USA. And I'm just like I'm craving for volleyball right now. I want to see those national team play. So I'm uh, I'm pumped. Five days, you said. That's it, I'm going to spend the entire day in front of my TV, too, on my screen, on my computer, just watching that. That's what I'm going to do, I can tell you.
0: The VNL is gonna be absolutely insane. You've got 30 days of competition, I think, eight matches a day. It's gonna go three uh, days of women's matches, Three days of men's matches, and we're just gonna, you know, flip flop every single day uh, along the way. Sixteen teams per gender in the tournament, thirty-two in total. It's gonna be absolutely massive. We never seen anything like this for volleyball, and. It's even bigger because of what's going to be happening this year. Not only do we have the Olympics going on, but we also have the Continental Championships going on after that in the fall. So the European Championships, the Norseka Championships, uh, Asian Championships, what, what have you. But it is going to be a, it's going to be a massive summer for volleyball. And as we've both said, really, really excited about the Canadian national team uh, that's coming up. So without kind of delaying anything more, we're going to jump right into looking at the roster here. Uh, for the women's national team, I'm just gonna zoom in a little bit more onto our super sophisticated uh, roster slash depth chart that I have here on uh, Google Drive, and uh, 17 members uh, on this roster. Uh, some new faces and some old faces. It's a bit a bit of a bit of a, a, bit of a mix. Uh, I'm just gonna start here with the left side group: Alexa Gray, Andrea Mitrovic. Caroline Livesting, Hillary Howe, and Parker Austin are going to be making up the left sides. Down the middle, Jen Cross, Emily Maglio, Alicia Ogums, Lane Van Buskirk, Jasmine White. On the right side, Kira Van Rijk, who had a massive year in Poland. Uh, and, of course, Shaina Joseph, who was playing in Japan. Uh, in the setter position, we have Bree King. Who, if, if you haven't checked out my podcast, which is Bree King from a few months ago, definitely go do that. So insightful and really can't, uh, we're going to talk about her definitely a little bit. Uh, Rounding out the setters, Danny Smith, Kim Robitaille, and then finally in the libero position, two new athletes, uh, Cassie Bouyan and Kennedy Snape will be joining the women's national team.
1: That's a a great roster. I mean, I I know some of them because I've I've been with them in Puerto Rico, but there are um, a lot of names there that I'm excited to see because I heard a lot of good things and, and I saw them train. I want to see how they're competing now. So uh, this is a this is a great seventeen uh, uh, roster there.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Now it's a big roster. That's how it's going to be working for the VNL. When you're playing that many games in that many days, you're going to have to go in, in deep in the roster. So only twelve can be on the roster per game. But my understanding is that you can kind of flip them flip them in and out r- regardless. Um, Before we get too, too much into the roster, we definitely need to talk about some of the retirements um, that we've seen from this team uh, this year. Um, Starting off the first one, most noticeable one, um, uh, Kyla Ritchie hanging up her shoes after a very, very long career. Um, First and foremost, just want to say thank you to Kyla. Uh, for everything she's done for the team as, you know, one of the star players of the team for uh, a long time, uh, and as well as, as team captain. Um, you're never going to be able to replace a hole like, like the one that she left, both on the court uh, in that P2 position, but also off the court and the role that she played uh, as a leader for this team.
1: She had, um, she had a rough uh, year though in, in Paris. She was in Paris with uh, Rudy, yeah? for the, yeah. And that was great to have them together. I was following them, but there was... Uh... It was a bit of rough year for Paris, uh, not for Woody, who actually won the league B. But uh, um, it was hard. But she had a she had a great uh, a great game, nevertheless. That was great to see her in Les Marianne in Paris. So yep. happy retirement! Kai.
0: Yeah, playing for PSC Paris Saint Cloud Les Marianne, uh, as as you mentioned, and just an overall phenomenal career, one of the greats of Canadian women's volleyball. Sad to see her go, but uh, if you've been following her on Instagram, her new um, wine venture her and Rudy Uh, I already told her that I would happily volunteer to go be a taste tester I will you know I'll take a bullet and taste some wine uh, (laughs) for them anytime
1: absolutely I'll do the same yeah Mm. it's good for them
0: Uh, a few other notable retirements there was a lot of them uh, this year both of the liberos uh, from from the 2019 team Jesse Niles and Kristen Monks have both uh hung up their shoes uh, alongside middle Alicia Perrin. We had the setter uh, Megan Seer uh, as well to Brianna Beamish uh, another um, retiree as well as Sarah chase one athlete who we won't be seeing on this roster however uh, and hasn't retired is Autumn Bailey who's still uh, rehabbing that injury that she suffered in the finals of the Challenger Cup against the Czech Republic. I think it was.
1: That was, uh, yeah, that was, that was tough. I remember Autumn. We all, you and me, are from Ontario. So we remember Autumn at uh, Defensa. And uh, well, she was playing. She's always a great athlete. So I just... The, the other thing I will talk about it is is a relation with Brie because they're a friend. I just want to see them play together. I, I absolutely want to see in an international match have Brie set a goal to Autumn who is going to just hammer the ball on the line. So I'm waiting for that. If it's not this year, it's going to be next.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's... Uh... I, I'm very encouraged by what I see on via Instagram and Aud- Autumn's rehab. Obviously, she was hoping to be playing by now. Unfortunately, that's not possible, but still, we, we, we were hoping for the best and, and, and praying for her because you know what? There were certain times when we saw Autumn and Alexa there on, on the left side. Like that, that run that they had through the Norseca Challenger Cup, through the FIVB Challenger Cup, was the best volleyball I've ever seen the women's national team play. By far, and I mean, I know from talking to, to a few of the athletes as well too. That's that's the way they felt as well, and you know what? I'm very excited to see what is in the future, and I really hope that Autumn Bailey can be a part of that. But if she's not, this VNL is really going to be a, a part of figuring out who's going to slot in to that P two position. And who's going to slot into the libero position? Because pretty much, other than that, like the top five starters are pretty much set in stone, in my in my opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah. But before we switch, the other thing that uh, we need to remember is Jesse uh, Niles uh, got a new venture now called Volley IQ. I don't know if you heard about it.
0: You're right. Yeah, right? actually.
1: Which is an uh, analysis, and, and she's a great lady also. So if, if you've got time, look at volleyiq.c. I'm doing some commercial for her but it's she's uh helping teams and coaches to actually do video review which is extremely important i mean you're talking to a statement but it's extremely important so i think i I join you there the uh because we unfortunately we're losing jesse and Kristen. I'm i i'm waiting now to see who's going to take the spot of the liberal how shannon is going to play she's going to play with one in passing and one in defense um how are they going to handle the serve because the international serve as you know is totally different from whatever, NCAA or OUA or it's, it's, it's and so on. So I really want to see what's going to happen, especially in the first couple set, uh, matches. So you're right, this role of the libero there, I'm, I'm waiting to see. I'm excited to actually see how they're going to handle that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Two options for the libero position, both of them coming from Canada. Cassie Buyan spent some time, I think she graduated from the University of Manitoba in 2019. She played this past season in, in in Spain. I know it doesn't have her as a professional team down down here. That's my bad. I don't know how I missed it. Uh, but she played for CV um, Lugo in in Spain. Uh, and then the other one coming from the University of Ca- of Calgary is Kennedy Snape, uh, out of Kelowna, BC.
1: Yeah, and she I think she trained last year in 2019. I saw some video, some scouting video where she was training or 2020. She was training with the NEP. Um, so she's she knows the team. And I'm I'm wondering if she didn't play with a national team senior um in the USA. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm my memory me.
0: I'm not sure. I know Cassie Bouillon uh was on the Fichu team. Um, the oh, last, the, the yeah. last, the, the, the last one around, um, with, with a few of these girls, Hil- Hillary Howe, uh, included. Um, but I'm not entirely sure if either of them played on that. I, I forget what that tournament was. It was another North Seca tournament who it's hard to follow how many North Seeker tournaments. It, it's, it's a little bit crazy. Uh, that's, that's for a, a talk for, for another time, but It's going to be. I think the libero battle is going to be one of the more interesting ones because it's such an important uh, position on the court, and especially the holes that like Jesse was so analytical and so solid in serve receive. Kristen brought so much fire and so much energy. They really balanced each other well, and to me, it's going to be interesting to see um, Cassie and Kennedy kind of add their own touch to it. You know, it's it's going to be a massive. A massive, not wake-up call, but kind of um, eye-opener, I- I'm sure, for them. Cassie, of course, did play uh, p- professionally, but still coming from U Sports to the national team, that's, that's, that's a big jump. Um, and I'm interested to see how both of those players can can, uh, can hold the fort down, especially because like, if if we have passing on this team, things are going to get really dangerous. Like if, there's, if, if, our, if this team is going to be able to pass, the Canadian women's national team might have the most underrated offense at the VNL this year. And I'm not saying that biased or lightly. Like We have some serious firepower, like the, the, the likes that we've never really seen before across the board on this team. So passing the ball and making sure that, that the plays stay alive is going to be absolutely crucial for this team in, in this competition.
1: I, I like what you said about the intellect and the energy and a new touch. I think uh, um, we all know that the woman international game is a transition game, right? Mm-hmm. So it's extremely important. I mean, there's a serve receive for sure. That's the first, that's the second touch after the serve. But after that, it's all transition. And most of the time in, in the studies, the team who actually wins a transition game, wins the game. Right. So uh, and, and the part of the intellectual part is critical because you need to understand every server where do they serve how do they serve how to read them every attacker where are they going to attack when they're in system out of system and and so that's the intellectual part and what you said also is the energy part is the role of the liberal to actually bring that the energy said look I'm going to take care of that so what you I love what you said which is Jesse with the part was very much on the intellectual part and kristen on the energy and they will bring new touch here I love what you just said I'm going to I'm, I'm excited excited there to see the new touch that they're going to bring to that team and, and how they're going to uh, show what a real libera is you finally you said also about the speed uh i i'm 110 percent with you if they pass what they call the double plus they pass a perfect pass to brie man i don't think we'll be able to see the ball fly because it'll be like right side quick you know gap go gap gap go and and and, and after that, we have the power. I mean, Alex is just going to bury the ball, right? Emil is going to bury the ball. So you're totally right. If the opponent team does not serve and, and cause trouble in our reception, they're dead. They're going to get the ball right away on the floor.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I 100% percent agree. Before we jump into to, to a few more of the starters kind of want to jump into some of some of the new people uh as we go along the setters setters pretty much what what we were expecting uh danny smith has been a long time member other than jen cross i think she's the longest serving member of the national team brie it's so funny to me because it seems like brie's always been around but she only started playing with the national team at the olympic qualifiers back in 2019 so even though she seems, even though she's she's almost like a veteran on the squad, she's still kind of a new cover. Uh, and then rounding out the setter group is Kim Rabitai, who's played the past two years at Quimper Valley uh, in France and is actually going to be making that jump up to Saint Raphael into uh, the Ligue A. So congratulations to her. But all in all, I think a very, very good setting group. I don't think we're only going to be seeing Brie. I do f- definitely do think that Brie is going to be the starter, the S1, if you will, on the depth chart. I tried to uh, ask Jen cross that when I did her a, a podcast with her and she gave me the very political answer that we're going to be using all three. And I a hundred percent agree. I think that the three of them bring uh, a different aspect to the game, but at the same time, like I, I definitely think that this is breeze team and I'm really excited to see that develop across this VNL.
1: Uh, it, it's great. What you just said that it's uh, there are a couple of points there but three points. Um, I want to, Show again that Kim actually did a great year in France in campaign and and unfortunately they lost in the uh, um, at the end. But uh, she she um, she was there, and she was people loved her here So it's great for her that she moves to League A. Uh, that team, I don't know if you see, we can talk about it later. But that team in Saint Raphael is going to be huge because <laughs> they're getting her, they're getting Lisa Arbos, who's actually in a national team in France. So it's good. Um, um, uh, Brie, I can only say good things about Brie. I mean, I, I discovered her in 2019. And as you said, she just studied before. Um, but I I love her enthusiasm. I love her passion. Um, she's learning so fast. She's executing so fast. She's one of the hardest competitor on the floor. And yet the nicest person out of the floor, uh, it's just night and day. She reminds me of Jen Cross, right? It's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, right? So she's like very nice. But on the floor, she's here to win and she can set those ball from position one to position four with a terrible speed so uh, and and again so i saw her in 2019 and i'm just waiting now to see how she improved because i know she improved i know i was looking at uh, uh, au pro and i see what she's done and how she improved from week one to week two to week three and i cannot wait to see the speed of what she's going to set there it's going to be impossible to stop and finally i think you're right all all the three each of those bring a different feeling and a different tempo to the team and it's going to be great for shannon to kind of say okay this is what this is the setter that i need right now versus this one or this is that type of setter that i need against that team so very excited also to see three setters the question for you though three setters usually team bring two do you know what we got three it's a, question. It's a Trap questions. I don't know if you know that,
0: but well, I think for this VNL, most teams are, are bringing three. Like I think if you even look at the men's men's team, we're bringing Sanders, Blankenau, and, and Walsh, and I think all three of them are going to play. And I think okay. that's you know like like I said, like three matches in three days is is bonkers. It's bananas. Only volleyball does this. I don't know why. We just hate our athletes, obviously. We hate their knees. We hate their hips. We hate their shoulders. Right? But then you have to, like, you only get three days off, which time you're going to be training and then you have to do it again? Like, you're yeah. gonna need that depth to to, to 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 have all three, and like you said, I think that each each one of them brings a different right a, a, a different uh, aspect to the game. Danny Smith has been with this team for so long; she's definitely a, someone who's very comfortable in that role. That you know, if things are going going well or going poorly, we can kind of throw Danny Smith in there, and she'll right the ship. Um, and I think that she's just a calming factor no, no matter what uh, on this roster. But I'm very excited to see kind of what what happens. Kim, we haven't really seen her with the national team much, but she has been in the gym for, for a number of years yeah, now and has had, like you said, two very successful years at Quimper uh, Volley in France so very excited to see her make that transition uh, with, the, with the national team On, only one uh, out of Sherbrooke for, for a long time I can't remember the last time we had a, um, an athlete from the Université de Sherbrooke Les Varières. so always always good to see a little bit of, of new blood uh, in the national team
1: yeah the, the other thing is um, I was talking to uh to Shannon and Joe Trinzi uh, there in 2019. And I was asking them how they were doing their their team on the floor. And it's very interesting because at the international level, the connection between the setter and the outside eater or the setter and the and the middle is extremely important. So I got a feeling without actually putting, you know, words in Shannon that, about that, when Danny is going to play, she's going to play with certain people. And when Bray is going to play, she's also going to play with certain people because mm. that's what makes um, the strategy win, right? It's very important to... Uh, set and, and 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 have the connection setter middle setter outside either to be as crisp as possible. So I'm I got a feeling that she may rotate certain six or five or whatever. But I, I'm thinking Danny will play with certain Kim with others and Brie with others. I may be wrong, and I'll just admit that. But that's that's my feeling right now.
0: I mean, unfortunately, we haven't been able to get uh, Shannon Windsor for, for an interview or a podcast just yet. Hopefully, that, that will come as a, as we progress a little bit. Just to, you know, pick a brain about what, what we, what we could be seeing with, with this national team. As we've both said, we're very excited. But there's so many different options that we could see here. And uh, I really, really think that, you know, utilizing all of them is important. I th- actually, I think right now is a good time to say and just mention with the VNL that there's no relegation, Right. So normally with the VNL, um, the last place team is is kicked out um, for uh, the team that comes up through the Challenger Cup. So I, I forget who got kicked out. I think it was actually Puerto Rico who got kicked out. No, it wouldn't have been because they were, I, I can't really remember who, who got kicked out. But th- And this year, there's no Challenger Cup, so there's no relegation, which means that this one's kind of a freebie in a lot of ways, right? Obviously, we don't want them to, to lose every single match, but if they end up losing every single match and finishing in last place, which for the record, we're going to talk about that a little bit. I don't think that's the case. I really think that this is going to be a strong showing by the Canadian Women's National Team. But if that is the case, then we have another opportunity in 2022 to not get relegated, which is absolutely massive for a roster like this where we're still kind of figuring things out.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree with you. I think, uh, and again, we'll talk about it. I don't think they'll have the big L, but the L this year is going to be for learning right there they're going to face Brazil they're going to face USA we'll talk about this this is all learning experience this is all free and play free and enjoy um, this is another thing that I've been talking to one of the uh, assistant coach for vacuum Bank. it's he's talking about the volleyball point Cesar and and it's that's what they're doing here they're gaining volleyball point they're playing against the best team in the world they're going to see how they can handle the best serve in the world and they're going to judge and figure out where they can work for the next year. It's a great opportunity for the staff. It's a great opportunity for the athlete to say, let's go, let's show them what we are and, you know, and let's learn a couple of things about ourselves so we can work next year to get even better in 2022 and come to the next VNL and then do something.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I said it before, before we started that this really feels to me very similar, like the men's team in 2011 going through the the Mm -hmm. World League qualifying back then. And I remember talking to people on the team, talking to Glenn and just being like, you know what? We don't play enough international matches. We don't play enough internationally, so we're not at that level. And that's very much been the case for this women's national team. We've seen them in the Grand Prix a few times, but usually in Group 3 or Group 2. And then, you know, events like the Pan Am Cup and Norseka Championships, there's just not that many good games. You know, no offense to Trinidad and Tobago, no offense to Mexico even, but... You know, these just aren't quality games where we're going to be learning and, and it'd be, it be getting pushed. So now I think that it's it's going to be such a good opportunity to play literally all of the best teams in the world and have a gimme with it.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and so, you know, we still play a couple of the team. I mean, we play Brazil, we play Dominican Republic because they're in South America and mm-hmm uh but i'm looking at a team like poland and when is the last time we played poland right when is the last time we played south korea or even china we're going to play china right these are so these are things that you can't buy right just with these are these are the teams that we never played before and we're going to play them once this year and again next year and now we're going to see how we improve
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's very interesting we
0: did play korea at the olympic qualifying tournament in russia last year that was our, that okay. was our, that was our first game um but a little bit different now as they've kicked those two twins off the team for bull- <laughs> bullying that happened 15 years ago. Well, we, we, won't, we won't really get back into that. Um, getting back to the roster, though, no one knew on the right side. I definitely think like the right side pair that we have here with Kira Van Rijk Hi. and Shaina Joseph, you've got two players who are very different. One is very quiet but has an absolute hammer put up the best number some of the best numbers we've ever seen this year playing for Vrejov in in poland she set the canadian record for most points in the champions league game with 36 in her yeah. last in her last game uh against scandici um and you know what, China Joseph also had a massive year playing for the a- Agio Medics, Medics in uh, the Japanese V League. She started every single match and was one of their go-to, go-to hitters. So realistically, wh- whichever athlete we go on the right side, whether it's Kira, whether it's China, and it's going to be both, I think is, is, is a plus for us.
1: Oh, yeah. And and you're totally right. And, and remember that the game, the women's game is changing, right? We were before we had uh, we had the right side on on for the men's team. Now we have right side for the women's team. We know the names. Egonu, Boscovich, Vargas, they all play as right side. right? Um, we have with Kiera and China, we have like two of the best right side in the world right now. Um, and they only carry is what, 22? That's 22, yeah this is crazy. She's only 22. She can only get better in the next couple of years. And Shy is just massive also on the right side. I mean, she's got a hammer as a as a as a fist. So, um I'm the problem with me is I ho- I'm, I'm not the coach because I could, I don't know who to choose. Um it's a good thing that they play one day after another so we can probably alternate, but I would love to have a team with six people and two right side because they're just phenomenal in their position right now. Yeah. So, uh we'll see how it goes, but you're right there. It's, it's great to have to have such a massive right side mm-hmm. right now.
0: Yeah. In the middle, we have a few new faces as well. Of course, Jen Cross, uh, Emily Maglio, they're going to hold down the, down the middle. Those are the, definitely the M1 and M2. Uh, I would almost put Maglio is the M1 right now. Um, even though Cross is, is going to be the captain, she she was named the captain uh, upon the retirement of, of Kyla Ritchie. But Emily Maglio really did some special things this year uh, at Nulifer in in uh, Turkey. But then all throughout this middle lineup, Alicia Ogums played the second half of the year for Firenze in Italy. Lane Van Buskirk has had an amazing first year uh, playing for um, Cham- Chamaliar in uh, France Pro-A. And then Jasmine White, um, she had a bit of a rough year. Playing for Vilsbiburg was injured most of the year. Didn't come on in, in until later, but she's been a part of the the roster before. So I'm interested to see how she kind of fits into the lineup. I I definitely think that we have our first two starters, but any of the three of them, uh, any of those other three uh, athletes, I definitely think we're going to see put into the lineup at some point.
1: Yeah, and you're right. And you we, we probably need five middle. I mean, I was a middle in 1940s when I played volleyball. I'm kidding. That was not 40s, but middle. <laughs> you're you not jump. that. You're
0: not that old, dude. Come on, <laughs>
1: but. But, you know, you know, like a middle is jumping all the time. So three day in, three day out, we'll have to do the rotation. So it's great to have those five middle. I'm, I can't wait to see Len and Jazz again play because I think they're they're also going to get those volleyball points and improve. Um, Jess is just it's just rock. I mean, you and I, we know her. Um, as I said, like Bree, she's like so nice of the court. But as soon as she's on the court, and the example that I got is the first time I arrived at the training in Puerto Rico and, and you meet all these athletes and, and then you start the first hour of training and Jen just snapped and she became this person screaming at the net as if he was the gold medal match. And I said, that's what an international athlete should do. Right. So I always remember Jen for that. Emily is, in my opinion, the most underrated middle right now because she's just phenomenal as a middle blocker, right? In middle blocker, you got blocker, and um, I'm I'm going to urge the people listening or watching the show right now: the first VNL game that Emily is going to play, I want you to see how fast she goes to the pin, how fast she moves, and how she can read. And 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 now you imagine and you multiply by ten because in real life and in real, it's ten times faster what she's doing. So, uh, and. I can't wait to see those those middle just grow and, and, and become even better. So, yeah, very excited for the middle too.
0: You know, we, we talked about it a little bit before, but I think that Canada might have maybe the most underrated middles in the world. You know, and I, I really think that, as we mentioned before, if we can pass the ball and we can establish the middles early, it's just going to open everything up for our outsides to be able to swing away. And I, I really think that a lot of our strength comes from how strong we are. We are down the middle, and it really goes through from like one through five. I'm really excited to see how Lane Van Buskirk uh, fits in there. She had a really good second half of the year with Shaman Yach, and the same thing. Both Jasmine White and Alicia Ogum's are very physical uh, athletes, and I think that you know what whoever we plug and play there are, are they're going to be able to get the job done.
1: Oh, it, i'm 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 with you there i'm just waiting like eating my popcorn and waiting for the perfect pass and have them run this what they call the go lc right so the go is a fast ball in position four the the l is the step because emily and jen can do that and then then you can see uh the c ball coming from caro chai just hammering the ball in the middle um i'm waiting i know it will happen this is one of the most spectacular play you can see at the national level and they are showing and demonstrating how it's going to be done. So absolutely right, a perfect pass. The middle on the other side, will have to actually stay proper and and follow our middle because we have three or four attackers that can just attack the ball right there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now moving on to the left side, the left side is where there is gonna be a lot of figuring things out. Sure, we do have Alexa Gray and Alexa Gray is coming off Well, maybe one of maybe the greatest one of the greatest professional seasons for the women's a Canadian woman of, of, of all time was a top five scorer in the in the Italian league was a multiple time MVP in the Champions League, most notably the MVP when they beat Valkov Bank uh, in the semifinals. You know what? In in that third set where they turned things around, and I know I've talked about this before, but she was served every single ball, went seven for seven in attacking. And you know what? She's one of those athletes that's she's a little bit quieter. And she's not going to be that go, go, rah, rah person to get the team going. But she's so dependable. She's as solid as a rock. I didn't have as much respect for her serve receive as I did like before as I did now. Watching her pass the ball for Busto Orsizio this year all year long when they targeted. Because at a certain point, every other team in the league and in the world knew that Busto was Alexa Gray on the left side and Camilla Mangardi on the right side. And you couldn't take Mingardi out uh, of the, the service receive because she was on the right. So every single ball went to Alexa. And not only did she like do well, but she thrived in that position. So I'm really excited to see what she brings back to the national team. However, once we get past Alexa, there is a lot of question marks there. Andrea Mitrovic, she's in the second position there right now because she's the only one who's been a part of this team before she was a, a part uh, back in, in 2019. But we didn't really see her that much. She finished up at ASU this past year, um, and then played uh, the second half of the season in Romania. Caroline Livingston, uh, a former Queens Gale, she played for Mougin this year in uh, Liga. Lots, a lot of French uh, or French league players here on this roster. Hillary Howe, um, who was supposed to be playing at uh, at Trinity Western this year, joining forces back with Bree King. Um, she may be the one that I'm most excited, excited to see. And from one of the rumblings I've been hearing out of training camp so far that she's really been impressing, but you know that her and Bree just have that connection after playing together for so long at Trinity Western and there's, they're such good friends. And then rounding out that, uh, that fifth position is Parker Austin, who just finished her year at, at North Carolina and her career at, at North Carolina. She did put up some, a few good numbers, but it's really tough to see how different teams did, how, how certain players did in the NCAA because some leagues played and some other leagues didn't. And, you know, some had a lot and some, some, some didn't. She did score. I think her season total our uh, high t- total was, was 23 points this year in, in a five set win uh, for Parker Austin. So uh, another athlete to watch out for coming, she's coming out of Edmonton, but just another athlete that, you know, could kind of fit in there. And realistically, I'm not entirely sure who's going to fit into that P2 position between those four. And I really think that there's definitely going to be certain points. Like, There's no way that Alexa can play all 15 matches over the course of this, this tournament. So there's going to be times when Alexa's not in. And you know it's going to be up to two of those girls to kind of figure it out and really hold things down on the left side.
1: Yeah, you're, you're you're absolutely right. I, I remember, Alex. Uh, first of all, she had a fantastic uh, CEV tournament this year. Um, she 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 impresses me because she knows she served on, and as you say, she's quite. I would say she's also a perfectionist, right? Because I remember um, when I was there, she spent like half an hour working with a coach to work on her wrist when she was serving because she was not really happy about it so she's somebody who is really quiet and really perfectionist and and yeah she's so stable now in serve reception that's the way it is right a lot of athletes just say well i can hit the ball i'm going to be a, a, a p1 i'm like no you have to actually pass because if you can't pass you can't attack and you know because you're a coach and i'm a coach we always tell that to our athletes so that's the epiphany that's the representation of what an outside hitter is and then after that, you're right. There, there is a, a some kind of discussion on who can be the P2. And I, I, Autumn is – we're going to miss Autumn for sure. Um, but but uh, it, it's true. I'm, I'm looking at Andrea on one side, and I I played against her when she was at 18U at E381 in Ontario. Uh, she always impressed me with her jump. She was at a like, back row, front row. I don't know what she touches. Do you know what she touches? She's I, I, don't, fine. I don't know off um, the top of
0: my head, no. But, but I know she's, she's a
1: banger. Oh, and she's athletic. I mean, I want people to see that. She's so athletic and so great. Um, and so I'm, I'm waiting to see what she can do. And Hillary. Um, so I was lucky to actually see Hillary play. She's also a very quiet lady, very nice. Um, and I was really impressed. I was really impressed how she played in Puerto Rico. She, she came in the middle. She can also bang the ball. I'm also even more impressed uh, on how she improved in the past year um, and, and how she became this... This super athletic outside hitter. So, I'm um, I'm I'm thinking, yeah, it's going to be there. And then and then Caroline and it's a family of Livingstone. I mean, they all play perfectly. And and Parker, I'm just waiting to see what she is because she's just probably the diamond in the rough. So, all that um, on the outside you're right, we're going to make them rotate, we're going to make them change, they're going to be you know, facing the setter, they're going to be facing a triple block on outside of the uh, out-of-system ball, and I want to see how they react, I want to see how they behave, I want to see how mentally they're strong, and I want them to gain those volleyball points because there is nothing better than having a triple block in front of you, and you have to score. right? So uh, it's it's a great it's a great thing. Uh, um, we're, you're right. We're in a great time right now with a with a Kenyan team.
0: It, it's so funny. Um, you know, Claire, Hannah who uh, is a former, yeah. a former libero for the women's national team. Now she is an uh, announcer. She actually is going to be one of the announcers uh, for the stream at, in the FIVB bubble, uh in Rimini. And she's also going to be doing the play-by-play commentary for beach volleyball for CBC Sports uh, during the Olympics. So big shout-out to Claire Hannah. But, you know, we've, we've been chatting quite a bit since so she's been getting back into the volleyball world. And she was like, you know, with all these retirements, are we going to be able to to compete? And I was like not only were we going to be able to compete, but I think that this might be the, be- like, the best we've ever seen. Now, if, if we had been able to keep, you know, no offense to our toilet barrels, but if, if we had been able to keep Kristen or Jesse, just one of them, and then if 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 either Autumn or Kyler were here just to solidify that, that P2 position, it, it would have been great. It would have been a perfect scenario. But other than that, this team is young. This team is powerful. And... It really is an, in a lot of ways it's a new era and a new uh, a rebirth for this women's national team. And, and I'm so excited you know we've talked about it we've alluded to it a few times, but this is hands down the best year professionally for women's volleyball, Canadian women's volleyball, right? The things that you know we talked about how success successful a lot of these athletes were but you know what in years past, we haven't had this many athletes playing overseas. In good leagues, but also leading top teams in the league. You know, Kira Van Rijk was the top scorer on arguably, like, it, on one of the best teams in Poland. They finished second, right? So, like, it, it, the same thing. Like, we went off on how Alexa Gray led a team all the way to the semifinals of, of the Champions League. This type of stuff doesn't happen for the Canadian women all that often. And so to have so many athletes just have such quality seasons, like Jen cross won the CEV cup with, with a yesel a system nine Yesel year, right? Like we go into Brie King, Brie King was an absolutely showstopper finished third overall in the athletes unlimited pro league in the United States. And like touching on her for a little, uh, uh, we're going to go back to her because I think that she's going to be a massive part. If, if you go back to my podcast and then listen to it with, with her, she joined the women's national team for the first time in 2019 and before joining the team her thought was i'm gonna go to trinity i'm gonna finish out my year and then i'm probably gonna be done volleyball but she joined that team and has kind of taken the reins and now like our like i I kind of think brie king has the ability to be like a top 10 setter in the world
1: yeah you're right and 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 before we talk to to brie i want to Give kudos to uh, um, to the retiree. Oh, I don't want to call them retiree because they're still young, but um, it's very interesting what you say. It's it's a new, but at the same time, I think it's it's kudos to these retiree for bringing this new generation to be even better. Usually, when you got retiree, you got a dip, right? You you got a dip because the team is trying to find itself, and and for six months or a year, it doesn't know. And I think uh, the people who actually the, the athlete who actually left actually. Um, made the team even better by mentoring those new athletes right could it be brie could it be kira could it be alexa Uh, and so it's a new one but i'm thinking it's it's really an improvement versus the last generation that we got and every year they're getting better and better and better um your description of brie is right on Um, i think the under the, the the person on the team that we don't talk about is the setter Um, because she's the quarterback she's running by her energy she's the same way the libero is actually running the defense we all say that the setter is running the offense um and i see there in in brie and the way she improved over the year um somebody that is definitely going to become one of the best if not the best setter that we have ever seen internationally Wow! Yes, that's... I said it. I know I said it. I said it. And I'm, but I, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen.
0: I, I, you know what? I also agree with you, and that's nothing against what we've seen from from setters in the past. But she just brings in such a confidence and such a desire to win, and at the same time, is such a great teammate and, and a great person. Like her energy is 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 phenomenal, and really, really impresses me. and You know, what What I'm really excited to see is her come in and step in and be like, this is my team. Especially because she just spent all of that time in the Athletes Unlimited, you know, circle. And, you know, she was amongst some of the best athletes in the world. Like, she was there with Bethania De La Cruz. She was there with Sheila. She was there with Jordan Larson. And all of them raved about her. They all wanted to play with her. And then, even the, the biggest kicker is that, you know, going into that last week was the kind of, Was was the first time that she was able to be a captain, and I was really interested to see how is she going to be able to pick her team and still be successful. But she picked a great team and was a great leader for that team and ended up moving from fourth into third and finishing in the top three, which was absolutely phenomenal. So, you know, (coughs) I think that the setting position for the women's national team for so long has been a question mark. Because no one has stepped up and been like, hey, this is my team. And I really think that's what we're going to see Bree King do and step up and be like, you know what? Yeah, we have this f- fantastic roster. But when it push comes to shove, this is my team. And and I'm going to lead this team. And I'm excited to do it. And I'm really excited to see wh- what kind of environment that fosters for the rest of the team.
1: Oh, yeah. That's that's going to happen. You already see that happening. And, and Bree not only had a fantastic IQ because she knows – what to run when her um, mental and her and faith and her belief you know that you add that into your podcast I, I urge people to listen to brie is is second to none right brie is just full of confidence and and she knows and she's full of love uh, and it's great to see um, the other thing that surprised me and surprised me that when I mean, we'll talk about Hillary and some others is her ability to learn and execute when we tell her to learn right um, I spent an hour, and I was lucky enough to spend an hour and a half with her um, um, on a Zoom call, and she was explaining to me point by point how is she going to do the approach and the importance of the right step versus the left step. And she's just practicing that hours after hours after hours. I saw some video of her during the COVID where she actually went into the gym just by herself and practiced her approach and practiced her set. So the way you saw Brie a couple years ago is not the way Brie is now. And I'm just waiting to see how she improves. But then again, I'm so excited. I think it's the word that we're going to use in that podcast. Is I'm so excited to see what she's going to become in the next couple of years because she can only get better. You know, like me, that one of the best setters don't get, you know, at their top when they're 22, 23. They get them when they're 36, 32, 36. She's got, what, another 10, 15 years in front of her to become the setter. Um, so yeah, and, and, and working with the other setter, working with, with, you know, the feedback of Kim and the feedback of, of Danny and them exchanging is going to make Danny even better and Kim even better. And that challenge is the best thing that can happen for the, uh, for the national team.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I, as we've said, you know, looking at this roster, I am, I've never been more excited for Canadian women's volleyball than it. And, and like I said the same thing back in 2019, absolutely. But just watching you know Bree and Kira and and, uh, and Alexa and how they've progressed over the past you know few years I really think that they really benefited from having the year off last year you know and I know that's weird to say because you don't want to not be playing but it just allowed them to maybe heal their body a little bit you know heal their soul a little bit really you know look at do I want to be doing this and the fact that all of them are coming back I'm really excited to see how it all comes together. Um, now, one of the, the the new aspects of this new uh, rebirth, if you will, of the women's national team, we have to talk about the coaching staff. Now, yeah. unfortunately, due to COVID and travel and all of that, Tom Black would not be returning, neither would the rest of the squad, Joe Trinzi, Ben Josephson, all of that stuff. So it is a brand new uh, coaching staff for the women's national team. Now, for the first time since 19 1981 Canada will have a um, a female head coach for the women's national team and for the first time since 2005 it will be a Canadian born uh, head coach so that is absolutely massive Mrs., uh Shannon Windsor is going to be stepping in uh, as the head coach she has some uh, she's been with the Canadian national team now for uh, a number of years mostly in the NEP circle. she's really been working on the NEP side of things, uh, worked with the B team. I know she worked with the B team at a tournament in um, in Colorado uh, that you alluded to back back in, tw- in 2019 and you know talking to Shana Joseph and Bree they, they seemed very excited that, that she was going to be stepping in uh, with her. So we're gonna have to see how she how she does uh, um, here uh, with the women's national team. Also joining her on her st- on her staff assistant coach Lauren Bertolacci, she is another Aussie, I believe, who is um, uh, was the head coach of Videos NUC Volleyball in the Swiss League, and they actually won the Swiss League. So we've got a proven champion in Lauren Bertolacci. Vincenzo Malia is coming back to the national team. He was uh, back in when. Uh, uh, marcello Avondanza was was the head coach now he is originally italian but has been in canada for five six years now maybe even more um and has been working out of the university of toronto such a great of uh, another great volleyball mind there who knows the canadian system very very well and then rounding out that squad uh, is going to be the scout data person pablo sanchez who was working with lauren bertolacci uh, this past year in switzerland and uh, has, I'm th- pretty sure, I'm not 100% sure in this, but I'm pretty sure he worked previously with uh, Shannon Windsor and Bertolacci uh, in Australia as well.
1: Yeah, the, the, um, again, it's, it's, it's perfect because it's, it's another new beginning for the, for the staff also. And, and the same way as for the athlete, I see that as a new beginning where they learn from the previous. They learn from Tom. They, they learn from Joe Trinzi. Um, they learn from Ben. Um, uh, Shannon is just a, a, a great human right she's she's a mother she's she mother of three kids just, uh, And and she's she's one of the top coaches in the world um, she's she's the strongest woman I, I think that I've seen I'm, I'm lucky to actually met her. I I see her as a you know we say the iron fist in the velvet uh, glove that that's the expression right I think so yeah. um, that's the way that's the way I see Shannon uh, she knows our stuff she was the offensive coordinator, but she really knows volleyball by heart. She knows how to bring people to bring the best. Um, she knows how to, to be gentle and sometimes to be to be hard on the athlete. Uh, so I'm, I'm also very excited to see what she can do because she's definitely, in my opinion, the right coach for that team right there. And I think the athlete lover, she loves the athlete, but she's going to bring the best of them. Right? And in and, and our knowledge that she got through the years, through her playing, we're struggling, um, and and how to bring those athletes to get to get the best out of them. So that's uh, that's another that's another great things for that team, in my opinion. Yes,
0: I, I definitely one thing I, I think I'm excited about is her energy and her passion, and and the amount of drive that she's going to bring to this team. Like I, I think that she's going to bring some infectious positive energy, and I really think that's what's needed right now. Because as we said, there's no relegation, there's no pressure on this team to get everything right right now right there's no pressure for everything to be like hey we need to be perfect right now because we need to qualify for this or qualify for that no we don't right we can go out, out there and learn and i really i really hope and i really think that she is going to kind of foster an infectious learning environment because that is is ultimately going to be the the best thing for for this roster
1: yeah and and um it's great cuz she found a new pen with multiple colors she just spoke put- let's see that on her Instagram. So she's ready to actually take notes as a coach. That's perfect. She's got this, she's got a little pen with the different colors that I'm like, that's what a coach tool is about. So no, I'm I'm great. She's a great, she's a great person. Love Shannon.
0: Yeah. All all in all, I think it's, it's going to be a really good staff and you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm happy that if, if Tom wasn't there that they just re, redid the whole new staff. you know, not that we're having holdovers and, and stuff like that, and just if, it, if, if it's going to be Shannon Windsor's team, let her bring in who she's comfortable with, let her bring in the staff that, that she wants, and let's see how it works, right? But as we said, we have really two years here. Like all in all, like this team now has, this team isn't looking at, at VNL. this team is looking at Paris 2024. That's really what, what 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 we're looking at here and what we're preparing for. And you know what? Like, I'm excited. As I know, we've said that before and many times in this podcast. But I am absolutely really excited about what is potentially to come for this team.
1: Yeah, we need to find another word for exciting. They're searching for some synonyms right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, Somebody, uh, go, ahead.
0: go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, let's pull out the th- thesaurus, but.
1: Yeah, that's, that's what we need to find. Uh, that, that stuff, it's it's also very interesting because usually when staff changes, the whole strategy and the whole vision change, but I think it's a continuous there, right? She's been with them for a year, year and a half. She knows them, and as I said, she learned from others. Uh, um, this is a new staff, but the vision and the strategy will stay the same. Uh, they're on the right track technically. They're on the right track tactically and strategically. They will continue. They have the right athletes to execute what she wants to be done um it's it's a great thing for her and as you said she can try test push people during that vnl and my feeling is they're going to surprise more than one team i i don't know what is your feeling but i think they're not just here to be canada and learn some team will actually experience what canada
0: absolutely i, I think is about i think right now is a good time to open up the schedule um and here, yes so we're gonna go go over the schedule uh if you want to check this out i've got this up up on on our website um obviously we've got the men's and women's schedule right beside each other but we're just going to focus on the women right now no offense to the men but I've, I've already talked about them and it's it's the women's time to shine now we discussed it they have to go through the absolute gauntlet first uh, in the first few games start off with brazil then you've got USA, and then you've got the Dominican Republic, which, as we talked about beforehand, is kind of apropos, because usually, normally, we would start off the the, the uh, national team season with the Pan Am Cup. All three of those teams would be there, so it's just kind of like taking out all of the lesser teams of the Pan Am Cup. I was about to use a, a not-as-nice uh, not word, but the lesser teams from the Pan Am Cup and just bringing in the quality, but, I mean... Let's be honest, that, that is very much the gauntlet of uh, women's national, national teams to be, to be starting off, off with.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, what is also interesting, I was looking at some of the data. Um, uh, Brazil and USA won the VNL since 2004, except one year when the Netherlands got. So Brazil and USA, if I have a vote, that's one of them is going to win. So starting with, against those teams that they know. Uh, but are here to win and compete because they're going to the Olympic games and they want to perform. Uh, it's a rough start, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I'm pretty sure we can do something because we'll play free and we have a great team. Uh, the third one, the Dominican Republic, I can't wait to see that, that revenge game. I cannot wait to see what is happening. And I know the teams are the same for the Dominican Republic. Um, but for me, it's going to be totally different than January, 2020. Uh, with the TQ, uh, it's going to be night and day, and and I'm telling you, I I think I think Canada lost three zero three one the last game 3-1 in January
0: three one in January yeah in yeah twenty twenty.
1: I you know what I'm betting I'm betting whatever you want and you know what I don't bet but I'm betting that they will win, I'm betting they will win and they will beat the Dominican Republic.
0: You know what I I wouldn't. And you know what? I, I I agree that, and especially because Bree and Betty de la Cruz had such a good relationship, uh, athletes unlimited. I think Bree is going to step on that court, and she's going to be like, I want to beat Betty. You know what? And and this we we've beat Dominican Republic before in the past, and that's you know the, it, it's happened. So I think that you know with everything coming up, definitely on on the the the, the schedule, that's one of my ones that I, I think we can win mostly because of the familiarity and kind of what's, what's on the line there. Just real oh, yeah. quick. I've also got the, the, the women's rankings off they're starting off with the number three team in the world, then going against the number two team in the world. Dominican Republic is going to be at number nine, uh, switching back to the schedule here. As we said, it's three days on three days off. And the next three teams that they have is Turkey, which, oh. which is, you know, an absolute powerhouse coming in at number five in the world, and then you've got China coming in at number the number one. So, of the of the top teams, and you know, Italy coming in at number four, they're not bringing their full roster to to VNL. So, you know, that's not the, the same Italian team. It's not going to be uh, there's not going to be any uh, agonu there in the VNL for for Italy. So, realistically, the first four games are against the f- the top four teams in the world.
1: Yeah, and and Turkey is. I mean, Giovanni Gidetti is probably going to analyze Canada inside out for the for between the for three days. So there, it's going to be also a very interesting game because Turkey is a very good team with some young player that I noticed in the Turkish league. I don't know if you saw that. That's, it's that country is just bringing. It's becoming the country in Europe with Italy were just the best team in the world. But well, you saw that in the, in the final championship, right? That yep. was, that was, that was Turkey versus Italy. Right. Um, so yeah, that's another game that is going to be interesting. And China is, is a force is a force. So, um, yeah, very, very animated elevated, exhilarating game. Cause I cannot say excited, but very, I,
0: early. you know what, I, I actually think that this is a good thing for the women's national team because you guess what? You have to run the gauntlet of the f- top four teams, top five teams, top four, five of the top teams in the world, right off the bat, and then it's only downhill from there, right? You, of course, Germany's still good. Poland, Japan, Netherlands, Serbia, Russia, like all quality teams, <coughs> rounding things out against, <coughs> sorry, Korea, Italy, Thailand, and Belgium. But I think that there's so much learning going to be happening in those first few games. And as we've said, like the results really don't matter. We don't need to jump out and, and steal one or two but I think that we are going to be able to like going to be able to, to run with those teams but also learn from those teams quite a bit to be able to apply apply those lessons not only later on in the competition but later on in the summer as well.
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, these are these are great games. Anyway, every game is great because Belgium is also a great team. Um, Thailand and South Korea play different way, a different volleyball. Uh, Japan is also very different, so they all have very different way in of playing. So the the athletes are going to learn. And you're right, starting with those Brazil, USA, Dominican Republic, Turkey, and China. <laughs> this is insane. This is this is the best thing, but this is this is insane, insane.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a gauntlet. Like that's that's the real. It, it's it's gonna be a gauntlet. And once they're past that, but even if they they come out of their zero and five now, I I'm agreeing with you. I think we can beat the Dominican Republic. So maybe we come out one in four. I still think that this team is in a really really good spot because of all of those lessons that that are going to be learned. My biggest wish throughout throughout this time is that we just don't get blown out. You know, I don't want to get blown out. You know, just th- a three quick, three quick sets. I want us to go there, apply some pressure, and 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 learn some things. And you know what? As we've talked about it with this roster, I really think we can. Like we have world class talent and in abundance on this roster. And let's be honest, how many teams do you think any of these teams are really getting up for can to play Canada? Hell no, right? especially these, these, these first five teams that are all going to be competing at, at, at the Olympics, they're looking to Tokyo, right? They're getting ready. They're not going to be getting up to, to play Team Canada as much as they are going to be playing each other. So I think that's a perfect opportunity for Canada to steal some sets, steal some wins, and learn some lessons, as, as we've said before. The big L for this tournament has to be learning.
1: I, I agree with you when you said it should not be a, th- a, 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 a three quick set. I think uh, I totally agree with you. I think it's it's learning here, and it's and it's facing. There are some teams that we know. We know Brazil. We know USA. We know Dominican Republic, and we can beat them. We we can be very close to them, right? we can be three one, three two, and and show them. Because the goal, as you said, is for us for that team to gain volleyball point, to become better. We have the VNL in 2021, we have the VNL in 2022, so we'll see the same team in 2022 and we'll see improve. But most importantly, we have 2024. So that's four years here, where it's just learning. And if we lose 3-1 right now against Brazil, I don't care, as long as we won 3-2 in the final in Paris 2024, and we
0: get the gold game. We get the gold medal, right? Yeah, uh, that, absolutely. That would be good. That, that, would, be, that would be great. I mean. We're we're a little we're, we're a little far away right now. We're gonna head over to the the standings. Canada is currently ranked eighteenth, which is by my assumption and just looking at it that it is the lowest ranked team in the competition. Thailand comes in at fifteen, Belgium at fourteen, Poland, Germany. What's the only team? I guess every everyone China, USA, Brazil, Italy, Turkey, Serbia, Japan. Russia, Dominican Republic, Korea, Netherlands, Germany, Poland, Belgium, Thailand. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Puerto Rico and Argentina are just ahead of us, which I don't know how, really. Um, it's I...
1: it's weird. The FIVB count the points five or six years ago and the point only disappear after a while. So some of the team that were really good three or four years ago got all these points ahead and the team that are coming back up I don't have the points. It's the same for the men. Um, that's the way they work with the FIVB. So,
0: fair enough, fair enough. But realistically, I I can see us maybe not being a top ten team yet, but pushing in into those those top teams, like pushing into that that fifteen range amongst the Netherlands, Germany, Poland, and Belgium. That's really where I, I expect us to to kind of push into uh, at the end of this summer.
1: I I'm with you. I think i would be extremely pleased if they're ranked between 10 and 15 right in in that in that tournament there because uh i think that's where they stand right now uh, honestly on the paper that's where they stand and if they glue the way i see them glue and and work the way i see them train and and win 10 to 15 i'm i'm with you i'm with you that's my uh, that's my pr- prediction
0: yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm very interested to see how we do teams uh, against teams. Like I think there's gonna be certain teams that are just gonna be able to overpower us. But I'm really interested to see how we do it against teams like Japan, oh and Korea. I know we we did really didn't have a great showing against Korea at the Olympic qualifying tournament back in um, 2019. Uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that was the game that we saw Machida X get injured right off the bat and. You know, everything just kind of got messed up. But I think that you know, there's games games like Japan and Korea that are very winnable, just because this team is. Our, it, it's 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 not the same team, but in the same in the same way, I think it is is such a. It's it, sorry, it is the same team mostly, but I think in a lot of ways, it's a completely different team. Mainly coming down to the confidence factor that some of these athletes have, you know, gathered over the past few years, and I think that. So many athletes coming back from really, really strong professional seasons and they're coming back to the national team. I think that's just going to be able to bolster and make them believe that, like, hey, you know, like, Kira can go, I can play with the best of the best. Right? Alexa goes, I can play with the best of the best. Same thing. I mean, trust me, Jen Cross knew when she was 11 years old that she could play with the best of the best and she, she would have told you herself back then as well, too. But she still believes that same thing with Maglio. So I really think that we're, like, I'm beating a dead horse at this point but I really think that it's going to be a a very surprising run for the women's national team. Kind of, I, I think kind of along the same, same lines that we saw with the men's national team at the beginning of the last decade, the way we saw the similar similarly to how Dominican Republic really jumped up at the beginning, you know, throughout the, the, to the 2010, same thing with Iran on the men's side. I really think that the Canadian women's national team is going to be going through that, that, that process. And what's even more exciting is how much skill I know is coming through, through the, the women's next gen team. and, the the junior team as well and that you know uh, a few years ago was the, was the first time in a while it's crazy that it was the first time that ca- the canadian national team ran a junior a junior program but we're already seeing the fruits of that labor labor come through and i couldn't be more excited for the spot that women's indoor volleyball is right now, is in right now in canada
1: yeah i'd, I'd like to bring those 26 or 30 athletes there so they can they can learn volleyball because i can see already what's coming behind and and they're pushing and they're as good as, as what we see at the senior team so um, that next generation is is also very and again we'll use the word exciting because what is happening right now is great for Global canada but we're going to see the fruit uh this year next year maybe this year i'm pretty sure this year I, you know what between you and me and and uh, Playing against Korea and Japan is great because these are teams that are ball controlled, probably not um, not not overpowered like others. But at the same time, I think that it's going to show um, a different uh, face of the Canadian team because they will have to actually control the game. They will have to to run the game. They they are the ones who are going to be in power there. And I think they're not going to be the underdog versus Korea or Japan. They need to actually win instead of beating up or, you know, being only against USA and Brazil, they will need to just run the game. Korea and Japan have fantastic defense, so they will just need to put the ball on the floor. It's a different game, and that's where I want to see the mental and the resilience of our of our team there.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think the the mental game is maybe one of the areas that has lacked a little bit in the past years. And I think we can look at specifically about the difference what happened to the team after Autumn Bailey went down, you know, and they're b, they were just just absolutely running a train wreck through the Czech Republic in that final match in that third set. Autumn goes down with just a horrific knee injury. And you know what? It, it's still pretty amazing that they were able to pick everything up and win. Right. And And, and win that match. Um, and and qualify for for the vnl but that injury really set sent ripples throughout the team that was affecting them all the way to the qualifier in january you know and that happened in june right and so we've really seen how the mental the mental toughness of this team was was really lacking however i do think that this team is going to be a lot stronger mentally because of how deep they are you know and yes there's there's a big drop off as alexa in the p2 but I really believe that all four of those athletes believe that they can be the P two, and that's something that I love because I think that it's going to give them a, a better option, and it's just going to give the team a little bit more confidence than they've they've had in the past. And that's really what uh, really what I want to see. Like I think that this could be a, a confidence building VNL for the Canadian national team.
1: Yeah, I like the word confidence. I think you're totally right there. The and and you talk about mental, and if you look at the past year. Um, they grew mentally. I mean, Alexa grew mentally because she lost, unfortunately in, in a CV, but she probably learned mentally what's happening. Uh, Jen won and she learned mentally. Uh, Kira lost in semifinal and, and she learned also mentally. Right. She learned,
0: I think Kira's like, like if you look at how she started the champions league compared mm-hmm. to how she finished it night and day, like the realistically, the reason why Rezhov didn't do well in champions league is because Kira Van Rijk didn't really show up for the first couple of matches. Like, if you look at, like, when they played Scandici and Busto and, and was it Schwerin? Yeah, it was the the, yeah. the German team Schwerin. I can't pronounce it. Some some German come in and, and help me out and, and say how it's pronounced. But she was almost nowhere to be found. But when she got her second chance into round two, like it was it was it was way different she was a much different player that's why i'm really excited that she's going to be going in into to turkey where the media coverage is probably like women's volleyball in turkey is absolutely massive and you oh, yeah. know this by any time there's a cev thing on youtube the turks take over the 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 the, the, the chat board and they love their their volleyball Vakov Bank against Kiigliana was such a hugely contested thing because of how supportive Turkish volleyball or Turkish volleyball fans are f- for their teams so I think her going to Turkey is really like she is gonna be going in with the top teams and she's gonna have some pressure on her and I, I really think that she's going to be able to thrive in that in that position
1: yeah no it we're going to see that I think we uh, uh, We'll use the same word again, but it's um, it, it's it's the right thing at the right time for those athletes, and they're they're mature and they still have to learn, but they have so much to show us. This is uh, uh, this is unbelievable. Yeah,
0: I think another thing that I really want to see from this team is developing an identity, and de- yeah. and developing what does Canadian women's volleyball look like? And I think for so long that it's kind of been a little bit wishy washy, and we've had so many different coaches who have kind of you know maybe just not really had an identity and, hey, we're just going to work with what we work with. Or they're going to try to impose an identity that doesn't really fit with the athletes that we have. And I found that, you know, Tom Black did such a good idea trying to establish and build an identity that is, you know, they play smart volleyball and they execute well and they can also bang away. And I really want to see them establish that. With, uh, with, uh, with, uh, amongst the best teams in the world because, you know what, we're probably not going to be the best ball control team like Japan or, or Korea. You know, tactically we're probably not going to be up there with the Brazils. Physically we're probably not going to be up there with, with the, the Serbias and the, the USAs and the Turkeys, but I think that mixing all of those things together into a truly Canadian style volleyball, that's where we're really going to start to see um, the, the women's team find the same success that say the men's team has, for example.
1: I, I, I love the word you use. Identity is is totally right on. I never thought about it, but that's totally correct. We're probably not the best in strategy, tactic, whatever, but all together, uh, the gel that we have and the Kenyan that is in us is going to to make the team the way and the way it's going to be in the next future. And I think you're right. It's the consistency now that we have to do to 2022, 23, 24, Paris, and then 2028 20, because. Those athletes may also be there in 2028. So consistency, it's it's a, its a great time right now. And I'm urging everybody to just watch the VNL that is coming in five days because you'll be surprised of what the Canadian team can do.
0: Yeah, 100%. 100%. I, I think, to add another word, I want to see them be tenacious. Like I want to mm. see them go after the ball. I want to see them go after every single point. Because at the end of the day, as skilled as some of our skilled players are, like Kira, like Alexa, uh, like Bree, we're not going to be the most skilled team. But I think that if we can you know with the men's team and and I know I I don't want to liken them too much to the men's team but I see a lot of parallels here and when the men's team kind of adopted that grinder mentality and we're just going to grind games out we're going to make things difficult on you like the win against Cuba is, is the perfect example of how they qualified for the olympics going down 2-0 and then coming back and, and grinding out yes. and, and and holding true to what what their their strategy was i really think that if the women's team can um take on that tenacious attitude that they're going to really find success. And do you know why I think that we're going to have, be have that ability to take on that tenacious attitude? It comes down to two people. It comes down to the team captain, Jen Cross, who tenacious may as well be her middle name. And she yes. is a fighter. If you knew the things that Jen Cross has gone through over the past few years in her personal life, the fact that she's still on the national team is absolutely incredible to me. You know, like even myself and talking to her and, and Jen and I were the same age. We go back to being friends from when we were teenagers. And I was like, even for me, it was just been like, maybe Jen, maybe it's a time to maybe maybe not retire is the right thing, but like take a step back. But I think that she is going to be able to lead this team in a, a tenacious way in, in ways that we've never seen before. And then the other athlete is another one that we've talked about quite a bit is Bree King. Because you, we've, we've likened the, the two of them together, and I think that she's another one that is just going to go after it. And I think that between Brie being the you know, starting setter, and she's going to be touching every other ball, every second ball, and, and Jen being the team captain, that te- like there's going to be a certain type of tenacity that's just immediately expected from this team. And it's something that I'm very excited about.
1: Uh, you, you're right on uh, Grinder Tenacious and and those two athletes. That's what I, we were saying at the beginning, right? And I, I was telling you, I see how they flip from being one of the most lovable person off the court, you know, person who are going to care about you, to being this tenacious competitor on the floor. Those two, Jen and Brie, um, this is right. They will actually bring the team with us to fight every ball no matter what the score is and that's where you learn and that's where you actually win game
0: you know what like you know who i i Bri reminds me a lot is volage the yeah. um the setter for canigliano and the polish national team setter um yeah uh, same type of like cheery attitude but it's just like a consummate competitor and i really think that you know, as I as I said, I, I think this is Brie has the ability to establish herself as a top ten setter in the world in this tournament, and maybe even more than that. You know, when you're looking at like Voloj Maya Obudonovic from from Serbia or Serbia, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the the, the American setters is like is is Jordan Polter who set for Busto and and Alexa Gray, uh, and then the other one is Lauren Carlini. Um, but other than that, like, I'm, I'm trying to think of other setters that are better than Brie King, and I, I can't really think. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that maybe once I start watching a little bit more, but still, like, I think she really has the the, the opportunity to establish herself as, as one of the best setters in the world. And and realistically, I, I think that's 100% going to have a tr- trickle-down effect to the women's national team as well.
1: Yeah, and, and remember, as a setter, it's not just putting the ball in the right place, consistency at that level, right? It's, it's IQ, it's mental, it's great, um, and, and it's all that makes like a great setter, which is bringing the team up, setting the right person at the right time, and learning, learning, learning. And she has all the capabilities there, and, she, and, and she's great. So, yes, we, we are going to see that. That's another prediction. She'll become one of the best setter of the tournament.
0: Another thing that excites me about Bree is that she showed her ability to set to the athlete. So you can she can set in a system, but she can also change her sets up given who who she's setting with. And we saw that over the course of the athletes unlimited league, where she was doesn't matter if she was with. Betty De La Cruz, Jordan Larson, Sheila Leah Edmonds, whoever she was with, they were finding success because she was finding the ways to set them and especially in a situation like this where as, as good as Shaina and, and Kier Van Rijk are those that's you set those balls in two very different ways and I really think that Bree King is going to be able to take that into into uh, uh, into account and you know, just set some absolute butter for this team
1: yeah, you, you could see that in AU Pro. You're right. In in the first, always the, the first day or the first game that she's got with a new team, there may have been some ball and that failed. But that's the way. That's the way it is. But the third days, she was spot on. She was right there. And that's why she's got all these points. So imagine now, because she's been playing with those athletes for years and years and years, she knows them by heart. Right? And even the new ones that are coming, she's going to, after a couple of days, she's going to say, that's the way it goes. That's what I'm going to run. So... Yes, yeah, very very exciting.
0: This is why I think um, Hillary Howe might have the best opportunity to be P two for for Canada, just because of her relationship with Brie King, mm-hmm. and I mean we've I think from what I've been seeing from like the clips that they've they've been posted on Instagram from the red white matches, that that's been the case that she's been playing opposite Hillary howe has been playing opposite of of uh, Alexa Gray, but you know. Like those are that's those are two best friends. Like they they were rooming together during the training camp in in Italy. Um, you know we've we've both discussed and there's nothing confirmed yet, but apparently there's some rumors that they might actually be joining forces yeah. in in France next year. So yeah, that's what I heard. Very excited to see if if that's the case. But you know what? I I think that relationship between Brie and Hillary that's already established and has been set in stone through years of of. Playing for the Trinity Western Spartans, I really think that that is going to just pay dividends for them moving forward in in and uh, with with the national team.
1: Yeah, absolutely, I, I agree with you, and 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 yeah, and next year if they play together, it's even it's going to be even better. I mean, think about it, right? Autumn is going to get better. Hilary is getting better day after day. Um Bree and and Autumn are connected. Brie and, and Hillary Hilary are connecting. Brie and Alex are connecting, and and, and we got all these Andrea's there and. And, and all these athletes are, are also on the on the left side. Um, Carolyn is there. Parker. She's going to connect with that. Um, the first couple games are going to be great. The last games are going to be phenomenal.
0: Like yeah. The Looking at that, that last string of games, we talked about how Italy, they're ranked number four right now. But they're not bringing – they're bringing split rosters. So, it's going to be a bit of a, of a mix and match. So, I think that's op- absolutely an opportunity to win. Thailand. Their original team that they had sent, the majority of the team caught COVID, so they've kind of stitched it. Like they tried to pull out of the tournament altogether, and the FIVB was like, "You can't. It's too close." So they've stitched together a team. Unfortunately, I think Thailand is probably on the docket to, to be last, and then Belgium is another team that I definitely think we, that we can beat. But those la- that last three games, like I wouldn't be surprised if to see us go three and zero, oh, yeah. and especially after all of the lessons that we've learned, like I absolutely think that that we can go 3 and 0 in the last the last three games and and if we do that i don't care if we lose the the previous 12 games if we go 3 and 0 in that last weekend i'm 100% or last weekend last last you know from the 18th 19th 20th i'm 100% calling this vnl a success for the women's national team right even if we lose the other 12 games i absolutely think if we can go 3 and 0 in that last weekend that this is an absolute hands down success for the women's national team
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, these are these are some, I'm pretty sure we're going to get some set, and you know what? I'm pretty sure we're going to win. I'm still say we're going to beat Dominican Republic. Mark that down. Okay.
0: Uh. <laughs> absolutely. So, what what do you think our record is going to be?
1: Fifteen matches. Uh, you know what? Fifteen matches. I think we can win. I I think Belgium, Poland, Dominican Republic. I think we could win that. And then I think we can take South Korea because we want revenge. And probably Italy, if they got a split team. Um, yeah, we should have five five good victories. And then uh, what I'm very interested in is how are we going to compete with a team like Brazil, China, and USA. Right? Um, a, a lost 3-2 for me is a victory. 100%. Right? Absolutely.
0: If it's... we can get a point out of those matches, oh yeah, massive, yeah. massive win for sure. I, I'm going to go one better. I'm going to go six and nine. Okay. Okay. I, I think we're going to go six and nine. Um, And I think that we are really going to surprise some teams. I, I don't think that we're on anyone's radar right now about being a top team. And I really think that we are going to surprise some teams by, you know, how young and exuberant this, this team is, is going to be. I, I really think that, as I said, I think we're going to be tenacious I, and I think that we are going to have firepower that if we can pass the ball, and as you said, if we can keep the ball alive in transition, that will make yep. some, of, some of the biggest differences. And you know why I think that we're going to be able to keep the ball alive in transition is the quality of our blocking in the middle. Right, we talked about how Maglio. We talked about how cross. How quickly they can get back and forth. And I think that a lot of times we're going to be able to establish a strong block and good defense around it. And that's really going to allow us to to make games difficult for teams. You know, if we're not going to if we're not going to win a game, I really want to see us make life really difficult against Brazil, USA, Turkey, China. You know, those big teams. Ser- Serbia as well uh, as well of course to. You know, make them make them remember that yo, like playing Canada, it's no walk in the park, right? That was one of the first things that the men's team did, and I mean, like, hey, if we look back to the the men's team in there, actually yesterday was the ten year no nine year anniversary of when Canada beat Brazil three uh, two oh, yes in, in, in here in Toronto uh, back, in, back in back in twenty twelve uh, in the World League, and that was kind of like the opening of like, hey guys, like Canada's here to play. You know, we beat Serbia at the 2010 World Championships, but didn't move on from pool. Beat Brazil, and then I mean, in in 2012, and then the rest is history. And we've beat everyone else since then. So, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if early on we beat one of the big teams too.
1: That's interesting. So you're saying that we're going to beat Brazil and we're going to beat Serbia?
0: Whoa, 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 whoa! Uh, I that's was what saying, what? what I heard one you. of those teams? <laughs> I mean, hey, absolutely. Like, uh, I'm gonna go into those matches thinking that that we can win but uh, yeah absolutely. but you know what like at, at the end of the day i just want to see them make life difficult on teams although like let's be honest we're talking about in less than a month they're going to be playing 15 matches mm-hmm. yes it's something is going to happen along the way there's going to be an ugly match or two and i just hope that it's earlier rather than later
1: yeah, and who knows with the COVID, what's happening? Who knows, you know, he's going to be tired and everything. So, you're right. We'll take one one game at a time, um, but with a squad that is just um, um, phenomenal. I think it's a it's a great squad surrounded by a great staff, uh, with a great strategy and great tactic. And um, I wish them the best. That's going to be very interesting VNL. Very yeah. interesting.
0: I think it's going to be really exciting, guys. If you want to check out the VNL. Um, if you want to watch all of the matches, you can go head over to Volleyball World TV. Unfortunately, the sale is done, so now it's back. It's only 20 bucks mm-hmm. for, for the month for, for eight matches a day. For thirty days, that's a damn good price. Men's, yes. the best men's and women's volleyball. Like that is, I'm going to be glued to my screen the entire time. But if you're just interested in the Canadian matches, CBC Sports.ca will be live streaming all of the Canadian matches for free. So if you just want to watch Team Canada, you don't need to pay a dime. You can just watch it all on CBC Sports. Of course, we'll be featuring the streams uh, right here on VolleyballSource.ca. Um, you can you can check those out. But you know what? It like. It's going to be a great month of volleyball, and as as we've both said before, cannot be more excited for this women's national team and the potential that they have heading into their first ever Volleyball Nations League.
1: Yeah, I hope my boss is not listening because I may be sick a couple of days uh, during the next month, but uh, f- I'm starting at 4 a.m. 4 a.m. every day, I'm going to probably watch a game and
0: Luck- and then can- Luckily, for the women's team, there's no 4 a.m. games. The earliest Oof. games is is the 7 a.m. against uh, Germany, Japan, and Netherlands. Other than that, mostly morning games, a few in the afternoon, uh, which is a- opposite from the men. The men are kind of all over the place. They've got some 4 a.m. games. They've got some, you know, 1:30 p.m. or some 3 oh. p.m. games as, as well too. But it's 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 crazy having the men and the women because it's literally every single day. You've got a, a a match like as we see here from the, the 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 schedule. There's literally not a not a day off on the schedule that we're going to be missing, and that's that's honestly amazing for volleyball lovers like us.
1: Yeah, volleyball Canada every day. I love it. Yeah. What like, but, but best can happen?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Chris, did, is there anything that that we missed? I know you are a stats guru. Ah. We, when we, actually, just a quick story about Chris. When we were watching the NCAA finals this year, uh, big shout out to Halton halt Hurricanes, who are doing a, a Twitch stream for it. Chris wasn't watching the match, he was just watching the stats, and yet was coming in into the chat board with some crazy insight. It, like, I didn't know that, like, it seemed like you were watching the match. I didn't know until like halfway through that you were just watching the stats. So, you are a stats guru, and we thank you for that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it, data does a lot of stuff and, and and you can analyze again post, which is easy, right? It's easy to analyze and see what was wrong, what was not wrong. Predicting is, is harder. So uh, in terms of data, it's hard right now because the teams are so different and they haven't planned to each other. So I, we can give you some stat about the you know team from dominican republic two years ago or the Kenyan team from two years ago but this is brand new um the stat people and the data people and i know them are just they don't know right now because they haven't seen the team play for 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 month and month uh because of covid so the first game is going to be a surprise from everybody and then it's going to be a lot of sleepless night because the way they do is they get the data and they don't sleep until the next day where they give the game plan and then they don't sleep again because they're still studying the new game so i'm you can talk about the athlete but i can tell you there are some people that are not going to sleep for 30 days they're the stat people but that's the way it is and we'll get the data we'll get better we'll understand what's happening um and some of the team will need those data because they're going to the olympic Games. so they're going to um we're playing what is it after the vnl we're playing um in South America. The Kenyan team. Remind me, we're playing Brazil again.
0: Um, are we? For the, I don't know. For the women's for the women, I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. You may know. know. You may know better than. than no, it. no. But yeah, I, I actually, no. I think you're right. I think that there's going to be another, like a, another training camp. North when... Seca, Yeah. Yo, there's there's definitely North Seca championships. Right. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah. North Seca championships are going to be happening in the fall. I forget where, but that's the North American North American tournament. And you know what? I think that that's. The more important tournament for this team, mm-hmm. you know, I think that we use VNL to learn, and then we go and kick ass at 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 North Championships and take a spot on the podium, which is something that yeah. we've we've had a hard time doing in past years.
1: Yeah, agreed, agreed. I think that's a that's a good plan, a good plan for that. You know, I mean, especially
0: uh, since like. It's the only North Sea teams is USA, Dominican Republic, and us. Like Puerto Rico isn't here. Mexico isn't here. Cuba isn't here. And I really think that the, this is our opportunity to, in the same way that the, the past decade was the opportunity for the men's national team to have a rise, I really truly believe that this next decade is the time for Canadian women's volleyball to, to have a rise because, you know what, like the, and I mean, you know it. The, the, the skill level that we've seen at the club level and at the, 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 the post-secondary level, whether it's U Sports or NCAA, has been absolutely incredible. And the yes. growth of the game, especially here in Ontario, has, has been absolutely massive. And you know what? I, I can't say enough about some of the, what the clubs have been doing in, here in Canada. And I really, really, truly think that we're going to start to see the buy-in with the women's national team. You know, for so long, we just had athletes who would come and, and they would have great seasons and, and great careers post-secondary and then just kind of float away. But now I really think that the women's national team is going to start creating that identity that athletes are going to start determining earlier being like, I want to go play for the women's national team. And I really, really hope hope and really think that this VNL is going to be the catalyst for that because we've ne- we've never had the opportunity to watch this much women's volleyball before in Canada. This is going to be the first time in, in forever. Okay. And not only are they going to be able to watch quality volleyball, but they're going to be watching quality volleyball against the best teams, right? Imagine if we managed to, to score a win against like Turkey, and then Turkey goes on to do great at the Olympics. Every single fan who watched that game will remember when Turkey's doing great at the Olympics that, like, hey, we beat that team. We can beat those teams. We are just as good as the top teams. And that is what is the most one of the things I'm most excited for about this VNL.
1: Yeah, that, that's great. And and you mentioned a couple of things that people should be proud about, right? I mean, uh, um, I, I got two nationalities, but but I'm really, uh, I love the way Canada uh, works in terms of pipeline and bringing the athlete to be the best. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but a couple of years ago, we were always complaining that our athletes were not playing abroad, right? They were staying in Canada. And now look at that. Not only they're playing abroad, but people want them, right? And they're winning. So something is right here in 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 Canada. Something is right to actually bring the best to the athletes.
0: Just just to, we're gonna open this real quick. Just to take a look here, almost forty athletes, and I think that that may have been more because I definitely missed out on on a few mm-hmm. on a few athletes. But I think over f- like about forty female athletes were playing professionally um, wow. this year, which is the most ever and is is absolutely incredible. You know, there's been years recently where there was maybe a dozen. Maybe 15 and not athletes playing in top leagues like like Italy and Poland and and Turkey like there was this year. So the growth of Canadian women's volleyball has been absolutely massive. And um, I really think that it's just going to we're going to start see that quality at the national team level again. Like even like if you look at like, uh, for example, where is she here? Um, Kelsey Veltman. Kelsey Veltman mm-hmm. is is an athlete who turned down the national team and she led the women's Bundesliga in blocks playing for Potsdam or That's Danielle crazy. Danielle Briesbois who's another yep. athlete who turned down the national team or, or she actually retired from the national team a, a, a while ago. She was the top scorer in the German Bundesliga playing for Bivilsby berg So we're starting to see that we've got athletes who are very very good playing professionally, both on the national team and off. And that's when you're that's for me, that's when you start to see that that hallmark of, hey, this is a very, very good, good program. And Canadian volleyball is growing. And that's really why I'm, I'm very excited about all of this.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's uh, and and between you and me. I, I love watching women volleyball. I love watching men volleyball, but it's so fast. But women volleyball, you got these crazy rallies. You got this crazy defense. You got a strategic. Um, I, I, the uh, we're talking about the NCAA, the, the final there was an unbelievable game. Um, the final of the CV between Vakiv Bang and, and Konyet was also another
0: uh, I, I Honestly, game. I preferred the women's final over the men's final. It was just, yeah. it was so loaded. It was back and forth and it was two very good teams with exciting offenses and you know what? Like at a certain point in the men's final, like you know, Zaxsa just started running, and it, and it was yes. fantastic to watch. And I and I loved. Oh, yeah. I was cheering for Zaxsa the entire time. But man, just watching how much it mattered to the the, the to the women. You know, for me, it's realistically when are we going to be getting a real pro league? Nothing against Athletes Unlimited. I loved what mm-hmm. they did, but I don't think that has a long term. And I know they're going to disagree with me, but this is my own opinion. I don't think that has a long term place, but. Realistically, for me, women's volleyball is the most undervalued sport in North America. And once we start valuing it as much as other sports, like it's, it's only going to get better from here. right? Like Some money bags out there is, is eventually going to see how many women are playing the sport of volleyball in both Canada and the U.S. And how much quality is coming from Canada, the U.S., Mexico, Puerto Rico, all that stuff. And to me, if there's not a, a real professional league established in, in North America in the next 10 years, like there's a millionaire out there who is missing out uh, on money, you know, like someone needs to step in and start a real league and just float them the money for 10 years. Like we did the MLS because guess what? Like there is so much potential here and there's so much untapped potential that like the sky is the limit realistically for women's volleyball in North America. And I really hope that the women playing in this VNL and having as much exposure as they are and having the team that they do that, it's only a catalyst for good things to come for Canadian women's volleyball.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and and the other thing that I wanted to add is is uh, um, I, I'm going to urge people to go and and see the sport live, the women's volleyball, because the speed is is nothing nothing that you see on tv right you can see on tv and it's great but seeing it live it not only it's, it's speed and i i remember myself just just scouting stuff so you're behind the court and you're scouting and it's so fast and so many rallies i think at one point we had 36 rallies that were going over the net um so i'm urging people to just see that because this is nothing like like on tv the other thing that i realized is i was lucky then again to be in puerto rico and puerto rico was playing the dominican republic and that's the first time I was watching a game with about five to 6,000 people in in the arena. And I can tell you, the scout, because they were typing so hard and making so much noise, our laptop was jumping on top of our knees because the whole arena was moving, and we couldn't actually scout. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that I, I I think if we managed to get that, and if we managed to get this big area with 5,000, this is one
0: of the most phenomenal sports you see life. Absolutely. Both women's and men's volleyball is, is, is phenomenal, but I definitely urge you it's, it's really too bad. There's, there's, I I will close it out with those one thought, these two thoughts. First of all, I think that it's absolutely a perfect scenario for the women's national team to have the bubble this year, because you're taking away all those variables of travel. You're taking away Mm -hmm. all those variables of, of, you know because of because before you were always traveling with 14 now you're traveling with 18 right mm-hmm. it's all going to be in one place it's very much like a club or post secondary scenario where you're all staying together and you have that chance as opposed to traveling maybe playing at home and there's all of these other distractions but this you just get to tune everything out tune everyone out and focus for one month focus on the team however there's the flip side of that because Canada isn't going to get to see this team play in person, and I think that's a shame because I think that, that this is a very, very talented team and a very exciting team, but you know what? We can leave that for next year once the country yeah. is finally open and just let them, you know, th- almost like like brew and uh, ferment, you know, in in yes. in the bubble, just like a good beer or a nice wine. It needs some time to... to sit in the bottle and and ferment a little bit. That's really what I want to see from this women's national team throughout f- throughout the uh throughout the tournament.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and I'm still holding on my tickets uh, for the VNL when it comes here in 2022. I don't care where it is if it's in Ottawa, or Calgary or 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 BC. I am just going.
0: Let's that's do it. it. Let's do it. I'll I'll be there with you. You we'll, we'll get an, we'll get an Airbnb together. Absolutely. We'll, yeah. I'll cook. <laughs> okay, great. I mean, I'm a pretty good cook too, but you seem very confident and you're French too, so you know, <laughs> and not Quebecois French. No, I'm yeah. not going to say real French, France French.
1: Yeah, nobody's perfect, sorry.
0: Yeah. All right, Chris. Well, I can't thank you enough and and coming and bringing your expe- your expe- ex- expertise uh to this to this podcast. I know it we've been trying to get together and do do this for a while. Yeah. I thank you for for your patience. I'm in the process of moving as if you're a fan of the show, you'll notice that I'm in a bit of a different room this time, which is now, pretty much going to be my office, which I'm, I'm very excited about. It's going to be nicer in the future, I promise. We're going to put some stuff up on the walls. But, Chris, really appreciate your patience and, and coming and joining on. And we're probably going to have to do this again throughout, uh, maybe once or twice throughout the VNL, just to kind of update everyone and, on how things are going uh, throughout the competition.
1: Absolutely, and I'll get you some data and some video clip. We can look at that if you want, if that interests you. That sounds absolutely perfect.
0: Well, guys, once again, make sure to check out the Volleyball Nations League. It kicks off in five days, May 25th, Canada against Brazil. It's going to be a banger, and yeah, we will see you next time. Chris, thank you so much, man.